We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's always game day in Cleveland. Subscribe to their podcast at 923thefan.com or in the free Odyssey app. But... We are uh, barreling towards the end of football season here. The conference championships this weekend, Baltimore versus Kansas City, Detroit versus San Francisco, and uh, the the public love and uh, aptitude for NFL football continues to show itself in NFL ratings as it was 50 million people that watched the Chiefs and Bills this weekend to talk about that, to talk about the state of the Browns, we welcome on uh, Sirius XM NFL and Westwood One NFL analyst. He was on the sidelines for the Texans Ravens this past week. Uh, former NFL and college quarterback Ryan Leaf joins us now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Ryan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. So, uh, well, it's great to have you, and it's great to get your perspective here. I'm, I am curious. Is I know you were on the call for or on sidelines for Texans Ravens. Is that how you saw that game going heading into that game? Oh yeah, I you know I just I'm uh, surprised it you know took as long as it did, uh, you know Lamar Jackson and and uh, and uh, the Ravens. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm totally like mesmerized by my little uh, eight week old daughter here. I'm feeding her and she's just smiling at me while I'm talking. And no worries. No, take it, take that. Take all that so, in, partner. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so so yeah, I, I was not I was not surprised at all the way this went down, I anticipated, you know, Lamar, I did not think it would be 10, 10 at halftime, but it ended up being the biggest blowout of the weekend simply because the defense uh, is so good. And Lamar was able to do what Lamar does. Two touchdown passes, two rushing. Um, If there's anybody that can maybe, you know, derail this uh, Patrick Mahomes train, uh, it, it might be Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens defense. Ryan, I just got to ask you, man. You're about a decade older than I am. Um, I, I, my, old, my youngest are ten now. I'm 38. How the hell are you dealing with an eight-week-old kiddo when you're 47? Like, do you, are we just constantly drinking Red Bull? How are we doing this, champ? I'm doing well. I got an unbelievable partner. Uh, she is, uh, uh, she is a rock star. And you know what? I was in I was in a prison cell ten years ago. Like this is this is I, I waited until I uh, I I should have children. I think is the best way to put it. And and I know I I know I'm going to be 65 when when she graduates high school. And her friends are probably going to be like, "Oh, it's so nice. Your grandpa came." But uh, she's a little sweetheart. She's got my heart. And uh, and I'm you know like I said, I'm glad I'm I'm doing it when I. Uh, when I have the the right mindset to, to be the best dad I can be. That's awesome. Well, you're also in the best shape of your life, it appears, from all, <laughs> all the Instagram, you know, thirst yeah. videos you post. Because you <laughs> look great. <laughs> hey, man. Well, we, we... I, I have to, you know, like I said, I'm going to be an old dad. Like, I I, I want to be around these, these kids for as long as I can, so I better live till I'm 100. That's the way I got to look at it. No doubt, no doubt. I know you were on the call for the Bills game a couple weeks ago when it was really, really cold. 
I went to this game this past weekend, and it was really disappointing. My son is such a diehard Bills fan. He was he was in tears after the game. Um, I'm, I'm just curious, like, what's it going to take, man, for Buffalo to get over the hump against the Chiefs? Uh, Patrick Mahomes to retire, it seems like. Yeah. My brother, you know, he, my brother texted me, and he's just like, man, I mean, that touchdown pass that Josh Allen threw in the corner, rolling to his left, like, last Stupid, second. Man. I mean, just, he is a freak. And if it weren't for people making such a big deal of the, the turnovers, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of turnovers there from him. But, you know, 40-plus touchdowns combined that he has been able to uh, accrue this year. I mean, he he easily could be the MVP. The team just hasn't been able to get over Patrick Mahomes and that hump. I thought this year with them at home may have been it, but unfortunately, again, not meant to be. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't think for one moment that the window is closed because – the ceiling on this team is was uh, easily a Super Bowl win. If they get past uh, the Chiefs, I, I give them every opportunity to beat the Ravens in, in Baltimore don't, and then go on and win a Super Bowl. So the ceiling hasn't been reached. There has to be something new that changes. And unfortunately, I suspect that's probably the Sean McDermott factor in all this, though I, I don't think he's the problem. But unfortunately, when you go four consecutive years in the fashion in which they did, I mean, there has to be some movement somewhere. I don't know what that looks like. And this year might be might have been Sean McDermott's best coaching year of his career, calling the defense, having all those injuries, getting everybody to be able to come, you know, step up and play and get them to the number two overall seed. I mean, it may end up being his best coaching job of his career that ends up ultimately ending it too. So we'll see what the next couple of weeks bring with all these great coaching, uh, head coaching uh, candidates that are still out there. Ryan Leaf on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Looking over to the NFC, uh, the Lions make their first NFC title game in uh, 30 years, I-, I believe it is. And then San Francisco's in an interesting spot. There was a report this week that San Francisco had told Brock Purdy last offseason, hey, you're our guy, unless that Tom Brady guy uh, is open to coming to San Francisco, which they've been trying to make for, I believe, uh, about 20 years. I'm just curious, when you look at San Francisco, because uh, because Brock Purdy was really rough in the divisional round there, I'm I'm curious whether he is the right guy to get San Francisco back in the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl this year. I I, I he he played in a divisional uh, playoff game. You know it's going to be tough. You know it it, it just is. Um, I just can't get over these. I can't get over people looking at. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, and not seeing an absolutely uh, assassin at quarterback. I don't, I don't get it at all. Uh, he's going to back-to-back NFC championships uh, this year through a whole season. Got them to the best record in the in the NFC. Uh, he he was a part of the game when he drive uh, on the final drive without Debo Samuel almost the entire game. I mean. You, you, if you're gonna sell me a, a, a you know, a, a, a something, if you can sell me something on on a quarterback and the fact that he's good is because of the system and and in the players around him, then you have to say the same about Joe Montana and Steve Young. If you're gonna talk about San Francisco, because Roger Craig was the first Christian McCaffrey. Okay, you know Brent Jones and Dwight Clark, George Kittle, and the two wide receivers are Jerry Rice. And John Taylor, and there's no way you can argue to me that Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel are anywhere near 
what Jerry Rice is. So this nonsense has to stop. If he was on the Chicago Bears team this year, Chicago would have been uh, head and shoulders better. He is a legit quarterback in this league, okay? And the people who want to continue to disparage him because of whatever, uh, I, I just don't get it at all. He's gonna If, if they win, it's, if they lose, it's not going to be because of him. If they win, it's going to be because of him. And he easily can be the Super Bowl champion of the San Francisco 49ers. No problem. You know, any team, if you offered Tom Brady to them, the GOAT of all time, they're most likely going to say, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll take Tom Brady. Uh, are you kidding me? I mean, that's, that's, if that's the argument people are having, either Tom Brady or Brock Purdy, uh, then, then, it's, then it's a silly concept, I think. Are the Detroit Lions America's team right now? I think so. I mean, I think they got to be pretty darn close. Uh, and I love the Jared Goff story, just Amazing. the way that it's, it's played out. You know, he was just pretty much discarded, uh, to say you weren't good enough by Sean McVay to get us to a Super Bowl. And, and I would argue that if, if Jared Goff was the quarterback of that football team, uh, that they, they would have still won the Super Bowl that year. I, I just, I think that's the truth. And Matthew Stafford did some great stuff, uh, and they, and very deserving of it. But I, I, I think that, they were very similar in nature, and it was just the belief uh, part of, of Sean McVay and him not believing in him. And so I love the fact that if he were to get to a Super Bowl, he would have to do it by going through Sean McVay, uh, you know, ending all this history of doubt, and then going to San Francisco where he was uh, a division rival with, with to beat them to get to a Super Bowl opportunity. I think that would just be unbelievable for the young man, and I'm really, really happy for him. And, you know, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, that, that the Vegas is, is giving out seven points to the Detroit Lions. Give me points, man. Saw. Yeah, what we saw from the from them in the performance against the Green Bay Packers. Because guess what? Guess what Detroit does really well? They run the football. They can throw it, but they run it really well. They have a bunch of different ways to do it. And that's the one thing San Francisco on the defensive side, who've been so good all year, has really struggled with. And Aaron Jones just exposed that last week. So, I think it's going to be for a heck. This would be a heck of a game. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if Detroit wins, upsets them on the road, and is headed to the Super Bowl for the first time ever. Ryan, the Browns had a pretty nice run here in December with Joe Flacco. It it obviously topped out in the first round of the playoffs, but uh, Deshaun Watson coming back off shoulder surgery, and there's some talk that you know maybe Joe could come back as as uh, as backup. In one of the conversations or one of the rebuttals to that. Um, is not something I necessarily agree with, but you can speak to better because you're, you've been in NFL locker rooms, you've been in so many locker rooms, also in college as well, was that because the locker room was so behind Joe Flacco, bringing him back with Deshaun Watson, it would be like bringing a threat into the locker room for, for Deshaun Watson in terms of support and, and all that. I'm just curious how much that actually matters in an NFL locker room, having a backup that is not perceived as a threat or that guys have allegiance to when you've got a starting quarterback too. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just something that talking heads can talk about. It, it doesn't affect the locker room one one single bit. If you can if you can help the team win, regardless of who you are or when you're out there, uh, then then you're then you're a part of that locker room. Uh, it's just how it goes. If you're losing games, it, it doesn't matter. You know, the whole place is going to fracture. Uh, that's just that's just how it goes. Guys are looking at at uh you know flights for for when the season is over when when that type of thing is you're losing but if you're winning you know it doesn't matter and you better have a good backup you better have a good backup in place uh because Deshaun has clearly showcased like you know he is he's become very injury prone in a short time in Cleveland he hasn't started many games 
for making as much money as he has over the last two years. And so, yeah, I would have a guy that feels really comfortable in what Kevin Stefanski asked him to do and is, is, is showcase that. So I, I wouldn't hesitate if that's something that, that brings the team together and, uh, um, and, and allows this team to have a capable backup, uh, which is clearly something that as we looked around the league uh, is what's needed every single year because the starting quarterback uh, making it through all 17 games is, is an anomaly. It really is. Hey, I want to, Ryan, I want to ask you about, uh, you know, the play that happened in the, uh, the bills game, obviously, you know, the bills did the fake punt, which is ridiculously stupid. Um, at their own 30-yard line. But then they get bailed out because of the fumble by Hardman that goes through the end zone. League's talking about changing that rule. I I don't actually have a problem with that rule. I, I, I For whatever reason, I kind of think, like, just take care of the ball around the goal line. If you fumble it out of the end zone, that's on you. Like, what do you think about that rule? Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think, there's, I think it's punitive. And you have to take care of the football when you're around the goal line like that. So I, I'm in total agreement. I wouldn't change the rule. But if you're going to change the rule, if you don't want to give away possession – I have them start over back at the 25 like a touchback. I, Ooh, I really I like would. That. And, and so it, 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 it affects the defense because they're going to lose time, you know, time that they would ha- normally have if they got the ball back immediately. But it would give the team an opportunity where it wasn't recovered by anybody, went out of bounds, last in your possession, but you're not going to get the opportunity uh, to, to just have it, uh, you know, in the red zone again. You're going to have to start over and see if you can – produce another drive you give them a fresh set of downs or you 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 start them on the down they were on uh you, you give them a fresh set of downs like the ball is like a it's almost like a safety feel to it except the ball's not going to be kicked to you okay i gotta think about this for a little while ryan great stuff man <laughs> and stuff, congrats man. on the baby girl i i know that's not your first kiddo but uh every little baby we get is a is a real blessing man very happy for you yeah, she says she says she is not a uh, a dog fan. She is a wholehearted Pittsburgh Steeler fan, just like her dad. That's what oh. she's telling me. Oh so, man, that yeah. is such promise. Okay. She had such a chance there. <laughs> Ryan, great stuff, buddy. Appreciate you. You bet, guys. Have a great night. Ryan uh, Ryan Leaf there on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We got to react to what he had to say about uh, the Browns and also that uh, that rule change in the NFL. We might have an agreement on this show on 92.3 The Fan. Hey, guys. Nick Wilson here for my friend, NFL analyst. And I thought it was interesting. You asked him about um, this push. And it's funny, like, the the fumble by McCole Hardman, um, fumble out of the end zone, on the side of the end zone, then led a litany of reporters to say, there's a lot of push in the NFL to change this rule. And, you know, fans were furious, uh, calling it the worst rule in sports. And I'll be honest with you, like, I think I think if you're going to be going at the goal line, which they're, they're coached to goal to the goal line, which is stretch the ball, right? I think there should be some sort of punitive punishment. And I think, I don't think they should change. I think you and I are kind of right in the same area with this. Like, this I think this has been the rule forever. Like, and it doesn't happen, but more than once or twice a year, I feel like in yes. the NFL. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And like when it happens on a big stage, then people then want to emphasize things like this. And I mean, that was a clear fumble. It went out of the end zone. Like that's a touchback. Yeah. The the closest thing to a rule change I could see is what Ryan said. And we actually talked about this yesterday um, when you were still kind of working your way back from Buffalo. Make it where the ball goes back to the 25. Now, I would actually say I'll go one step further than Ryan. I don't think they get a fresh set of downs. I don't think so either. No, because that, in a way, that's almost like rewarding them because they weren't, if they fumbled out of the, or, or, the end zone, or, or put it to 10. Even then, no, I, I think go back to the 25. I think there needs to be something. It's like, there, play, it's like playing cornhole when you go over 21. Yes, there there should be some you, sort what, of. Do you go back to 13? Uh, it depends. We've those, played, those are Buckeye rules. We've we've played go back to seven, and we've played pretty much go back to everything. It yeah. kind of is, it's dealer's choice, but or sorry, not dealer's choice, but house choice. Yeah. Um, I think there needs to be a substantial penalty, and honestly, I think it should stay as is. I think I think that specific penalty happens so infrequently, and then when it's it, not a penalty, or sorry, not penalty. When that rule comes into um to action. You mentioned it. it. Happens once or twice a year. What are we doing relitigating that rule when there's so many other rules? Or uh, honestly, let's just be honest. Like every time I watch a playoff game, I'm reminded that they need a sky judge that quickly handles review and then it needs to be taken out of uh, coaches' hands. That should be like the number one thing they, they add this offseason. And I don't know why the NFL hasn't, other than if there's pushback from. The NFL, uh, the uh, the referees association, the union, uh, maybe that's it. But I think that's I think overall. And by the way, what a putridly called round of playoffs. Oh, the officials are terrible. You, by the way, did you see the official they they uh, they brought in? They brought they brought in a ringer for the uh, the AFC title game. They brought in the number one road official. Mm-hmm. It could be coincidence. I don't know about that. I just don't know how, like, we have all this data. The NFL has never had more data. One, how the hell do we not have a chip in the football? Like, seriously. I mean, it's 2024. We're, we're still using chains. To, and we still, met, the, the refs could just literally just put the ball down wherever they want. Well, not just that. So, um, you know, coaches, when they chart, like young coaches now. Yeah. Young coaches, most of the time, and, sorry, in some organizations, don't even have to draw out the charts anymore. Because they ha- they basically just have to highlight the player's route, and the computer program does all that old charting stuff that used to be the B work of entry level assistants. Is it because every player has a GPS on them? Yes, it's <laughs> yeah, it's and it's because of the the technology we have, and yet the NFL just does not put a chip in the ball. But I digress. Um, put a chip in the ball. It's it's the easiest thing in the world. But what is so befuddling about this round of is it's not. It is consistently egregious, but where it's consistently egregious is not consistent. Like some, like little simple things are not called properly, and then out of nowhere, you've got a five-minute summit about some rule about whether is it a catch or isn't it a catch. Or what was the one, I'm trying to think of the game this weekend, where there was like a five, it was like a three-minute scrum where they couldn't even agree. Oh, it was the late, uh, what was the late flag on? 
There's a game this weekend. Oh my god, how am I uh, whiffing on this? No, I remember it was a late, late flight. It was like the they were almost on to the next play. The guys were already almost back in the huddle, and the ref threw the flag, and then they got together. Was it the Packers game? It has to be right because it was the um, it was the illegal contact yes. call, and the the quarterback didn't have the ball out of his hands yet. And yet it was called, one, it was a late flag, and two, uh, they then penalized the defensive back who was actually in the midst of legal contact. It's like, how do you get that wrong? You can see it. You get, like you, you saw it in, in real time, and I, I just think that's where we are with officials. Like, give, it, give everything to the Sky Judge. Because I think in the playoffs, in the regular season, I don't care that each coach gets a certain amount of challenges. I don't. But in the playoffs... Can you imagine if if you had just the worst officiated game of the year, and you went into the fourth quarter not knowing whether you're going to be able, or knowing you're what not going to charge call on third and nine? Yeah, what a terrible call. So it's uh, the AFC uh, divisional round, uh, Kansas City and Buffalo's like, on. In at screen. least hit Kincaid for five yards. Sorry about this. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of home run. Like I was or, just I, Bass. I knew he was going to miss that kick. I think everybody did. It was it was a kicker in Buffalo in January who had been struggling. Yeah, and I mean that weather, the winds were swirling like the wind was at his back, dude. And also, Kansas City did a hell of a job at defending the kick. Here it is. Oh, uh, you got. We might lose Dustin for the rest of the show. He's and the kick is up. It's wide right. Wow. He missed it. it. He missed it. And it wasn't just a little. No, uh, it, I it heard went. the Kevin Harlan clip all morning. Thanks for playing it. Should we play the? Uh, the the Korean version. Do we have the Korean? Now play the Kevin Harlan one. Let's hear I thought I thought Keith put in the Korean call. Like, play them all. Max looking at me like I'm the a hole here. I'm just trying to to find out whether we have the Korean call because to me it was one of the better calls. We were walking out and we were just, all the Bills fans were just hammered and just yelling and I'm like he kicked it to Lake Placid. <laughs> By the way, I don't think we have it here. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. It's all right. It it would have made you feel better. It was a lot of energy. I honestly don't care as much about the Bills winning as much as I do care about my son being, like, happy. Yeah. And when you see your kids struggle like with crying. that. He was yeah. crying after the game. That's pretty brutal. I know. Um, when we come back, we got to ask ourselves a pretty strong question about Ohio State that I believe was uttered on uh, from the Morning Boys today on 92.3 The Fan. This is Zach Galbathon, Honesty Sports. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.